Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Always great to have consumer journalist Wendy Nola with us in studio. And today we're taking a closer look at the idea of influencers and the questions of what constitutes a genuine personal recommendation as opposed to a paid-for advert. I'm looking forward to hearing your input on how strongly you make your own buying decisions based on influencer recommendations. Tell us who you follow and why, uh, who you trust and why, and uh, whether or not you think uh, this is an important marketing uh, vehicle that really does influence the way you make buying decisions. Remember, you can join the conversation on 021-446-0567. You can send an SMS to 31567. And of course, you're very welcome to leave a voice note on 0725671567. Now we have two uh, famous Cape Town influencers standing by to chat to us, but before we welcome them, Wendy, I think we do need to set a bit of context here mm-hmm. for those who might not fully understand what the term means. People living in a hole you <laughs> or totally offline. Okay, so social media has given all of us a voice to use as ever as however we see fit. Some have used it to build their brands, and I must admit, uh, to a certain extent, I've done the same, not on Instagram, but on Twitter, which Mm -hmm. has uh, been very effective. Um, You gain enough followers, you become regarded as an influencer, and thereby you're able to build a brand, a career rather, along with your brand around it. Social media influencers have become a huge industry as more and more people spend their time on the likes of Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, etc., rather than traditional media that I grew up on and based a career on. Yeah, um, newspapers. Newspapers, yeah. Uh, radio, TV. So how does an influencer stay true to themselves and their personal brand while singing the tune of whichever company they're choosing to align themselves with in exchange for some kind of payment free stuff, whatever, the higher up the chain you go, the more actual money you're able to command rather than just the free goodies at the bottom feeders. And, are, and right at the top of the chain, let's just say we're talking huge money. I know some of the Kardashian tweets come with yeah, yeah, six-figure payments that's attached. Stratospheric. That's uh, in another universe entirely, but exactly. it, there is a lot of money to be made here. Yes, indeed. So that begs the question, how do influencers deal with accusations that question their integrity? You may have seen a couple of recent examples where hotel owners and other professionals publicly hit back at influencers seeking freebies. And the reaction was quite mixed, some dissing them um, for doing it and others saying, yes, you know, about time somebody dealt with these freeloaders or whatever you want to call them. In one of the more strongly worded cases, Dublin hotel owner Paul Stenson objected to influencer Elle Darby's request for free accommodation for her and her partner and called them, quote, talentless freeloaders shamelessly hawking products with little more to offer than their looks. Perhaps, he said, if you've got real jobs, you'd be able to pay for goods and services like everyone else. Now, there's an element of truth in that, and there's also an element of not understanding what an influencer is what an influencer is and how this this animal has evolved and and i would imagine some of the 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 kickback was also a little bit of a good old green-eyed monster that why a lot of people who felt you know that why why them and not me kind of thing so there's a lot going on in in the reaction to this sort of thing i mean it's an a-night comment but it's not the first time i've seen that kind of pushback there was also a fairly recent one with a photographer uh trying to point out to an influencer what what they were actually asking for when they asked them to cover a wedding for free for example so i know our listeners have seen a lot of those around just perhaps before we speak to uh the the influencers with us in studio today about how they operate. Um, I think it's also important to mention some some 
regulatory context, yes. Wendy, because the Advertising Regulatory Board has actually quite recently taken steps to try and deal with the concept of influence yes, marketing. Yes, as have other reg- advertising regulatory boards around the country, such as the ASA in the UK. So there's, they've had to come to the realization and acceptance that this is a form of advertising and that consumers have a right to be told this. So we have the final appendix, the, the most recent appendix to our advertising re- regulatory board, Appendix K. It compels influencers, in short, to use the words hashtag ad, capital A-D, hashtag advertisement, or hashtag sponsored when appropriate. Um, so I'm going to be interested in, in finding out from our two famous Cape Town influencers how that has affected their work, um, if at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, here they are, and we're going to hear it from directly from from them. Um, let's start with, with that issue, I think. Okay. Well, let's first introduce them. Uh, thanks, of course. Uh, thanks Thank for you, the context, <laughs> Because they are so famous, they hardly need oh, yes, You'll just recognize their voices, you know. You just need <laughs> but just for the sake of those who aren't on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Firstly, it's a great pleasure to welcome both of you today. Thank you so much for your time. With us in studio, Nadia Jafta, whose fashion blog is called birdlineblog.com. She's got over 300,000 Instagram followers. Those are, are numbers that make my head spin. <laughs> She's got her own YouTube channel. You may have followed the funny prank videos featuring her mom. Your mom is the best, Nadia, I've got to say. Uh, She's also a singer. Her first single debuted earlier this year. She's launched her own shoe line called Slay Shoes. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) And then also a very warm welcome to Akila Haran Ali, who is a popular influencer, particularly in the field of modest fashion and makeup. Also, thousands upon thousands of followers. Her blog, Fashion Breed, is actually, it's nearly grown up. I mean, it's been going for nearly a decade now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's actually getting redesigned now this week it is is that's exciting because i mean your followers have literally grown up with you they've gone from your graduation to your wedding and everything in between haven't they okay so um makeup fashion lifestyle uh, her travels are there she also added a youtube platform back in 2016 uh, where you can watch lots of uh, great uploads of of tutorials um, I need to spend some time with those, I think, actually, myself. So these are two incredibly influential influencers, particularly here in Cape Town. And, uh, Wendy, you wanted to flag that they're part of a, a campaign that you noticed by one of our big shopping yes. centers. So one of, yeah, one of our biggest canal walk, um, hashtag CW squad. Um, <laughs> the, the two of them have been asked to, um, align themselves with the campaign and so since we've got you in here do you might want to start by just telling us a little bit about what that is requiring of you i saw some posts already when i was doing my my research um so basically we are the faces of canal walk shopping center we basically ambassadors the faces we represent the mall and i think it's a perfect alignment because Mm -hmm. i think growing up it would be the go-to place to hang out to watch movies to go shopping especially for me no definitely me as well um i think it's the reason that they chose us, um, because of course there's Paula as well who's involved, but she couldn't make it today. Uh, all three of us frequent the mall all the time. You know, we're not even trying to be there all the time. They can't get rid of us. They just thought, okay, we've got these girls. I've got these platforms. Let's just put them on the faces Let's of the mall. Let's just make them the faces. Um, and the best part is also we, all three of us are actually friends, you know, yeah. like outside of everything that we do. Okay. And so it just, I think, you know, post this opportunity to have these three real friends who are normal girls who are kind of like self-made, for lack of a better word, and have built this name for ourselves in the media industry, in this fairly new industry as well, to represent them all because we're also 
like such loyal patrons. I think it's also a really positive message because you know, growing up, I'd always see these these beautiful women. They were models, or they mm-hmm. were certain heights. So I think it's to have that diversity. Um, I think it's a positive message that we're sending out to young young girls as well. And I do. I like the fact that you are genuinely. Canal Walk died uh, died in the yeah, wall shoppers perfect. who do utilize <laughs> so that's, the brand. That's the best form of, yeah. of, of advertising in, is of influencer yeah. use. Yeah. But do you ever? Maybe we should start uh, sketch a little bit how you got to yeah. this place with all these followers and and making a living out of out of being influencers. Because yeah, I want to know. I mean, ten years ago, um, and maybe we need to go back twelve years for you because I know your blog is nearly ten years old, Akila. But ten years ago, when you thought of your future. Was this the plan? Did you think no, I no, am going to no. set out to become an influencer? No, no. What was the plan? Let's start with you, Nadia. So, ironically enough, I actually studied film and media at UCT. I graduated and then I was going to go do my master's. I actually took a gap year and in that gap year, I started a blog. Um, I don't have a blog anymore. You mentioned that earlier. Oh, sorry. I don't oh, have a blog okay. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, I actually do vlogs. Okay. So, a lot of people make, um, uh, yeah, it's a vlogger. Akila's the blogger. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, my apologies. So, it's okay. I I've watched the blogs, yes. Okay. I mean, it's a video version. I do, also, I do know yeah. what it means. <laughs> also, slay, shoes. slay Shoes is not my shoe line. It's just a collab that I did, okay. just to clarify that. Um, but, yeah, I started um, I started blogging because, funny enough, I actually looked up to Akila because she was the first, Aww. basically the first person to start blogging in Cape Town. <laughs> and when that took off, I kind of started my own thing. I started a clothing line. And then all in that gap year, obviously, because, you know, colored mom, she's not going to let you sit around and do nothing for a gap year. So I thought I need to make money. So that's what I did. And then I went on to video on YouTube because at the time, Instagram only allowed you to have 15 second videos. So I started pranking my mom in Canal Walk on Instagram and on um, YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So it grew very organically and in a very different yeah. direction from where you originally thought you yes, were going. Exactly. A similar story for mm-hmm. you, Akila? Yeah, but can I just say I've been a Nadia fan <laughs> since she was on two thousand followers, hey? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an OG fan. <laughs> but um for me personally, how did I start oh, I also studied film and media and drama at UCT and um so I remember when we would do our media studies it was also politically based and mm. I was just really tired of looking at um, Zuma political cartoons I don't know about you no I was so tired of that and at the time <laughs> I thought to myself you know what I really want to go into print media but I want to do fashion I wanted to work for a magazine I was like you know what I'm going to be a fashion editor or I'm going to eventually be an overall magazine editor you know of Cosmo or Marie Cleo, one of those magazines and I was dead set on that goal and I started a blog during one of my like free periods because I just thought, okay, you know what? Next year I'm going to apply for some internships and I need to have something to show for myself. But I wrote about runway shows that I would, you know, stream online and I, I wrote about anything like what celebs are wearing. And then in between, I started posting pictures of my own outfits because I noticed a lot of international bloggers were doing that. And also like probably like five people were probably reading my blog. <laughs> but I was then, one of those five people. <laughs> but then basically when I started sharing my outfits, the views would like be like Spunk. 10 times more because I just shared on my normal Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I also noticed a lot more bloggers were doing this overseas. So I just kept doing it and then it kind of grew over the years. And then, you know, you try out all the different social media platforms. And then I think Instagram for the longest time has been the one that obviously stuck. Um, and now I just find that YouTube is like my love. I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I get to 
be more useful to my followers as well mm-hmm. because Instagram in many ways you can entertain like Nadia entertains so well but I don't I'm not an entertaining person you really have to know me like I need more time <laughs> Instagram okay. allows you to have yeah. more context okay. yeah Instagram gives you context whereas um, YouTube is like I feel like I can be more useful and be more purposeful and be more searchable as well so Consumer Talk with Wendy Nola you can join the conversation so we continue the conversation around influencer marketing. And I mean, my brain was spinning, Wendy, as I was reading ads in that ad bracket going. So let's, all the questions I'm putting to our guests today, we could ask ourselves, do our listeners know for sure when they're listening yes. to a paid for advert or whether I'm just saying off the top of my head, I really like the restaurant I ate at last night or this book that I read. And is someone paying it's you to do that? It's not always that clear. Absolutely. And I, I was just thinking that knowing we we're going to have this interview, I flew in from Cape, uh, Joburg this morning on, on, on the airline and I was reading the airline magazine being old school and um, there were a number of features in there that were clearly paid for advertising dressed up as features so for example text and pictures supplied but yep. and, a, and a posed sort of Q&A which was clearly advertising content with no as I say dressed up as editorial so it's and it was about three occasions on that one magazine and I thought you know, this is quite hypocritical of traditional media to 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 allow that, yeah. to allow it when and have a go at influences when. So for me, the lines are blurring and and call us old school. This is we grew up in traditional media, um, had spent have spent decades in it. So we're very much schooled in what is what is unbiased, independent con- thought expressed as a service to readers uh, or, or or listeners, and what is actually paid for content and what is influenced by. Um, payment or a form of payment. So the lines are extremely blurred, and you've got the dear old advertising regulatory board, and and it's all, all around the world trying to keep those trying lines drawn. To, yeah. yeah. Do consumers care? I like to think they do, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe this maybe this is becoming an outdated concept. I don't know what what. Do so you let's th- talk about. I mean, in the, in yes. when I was 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 schooled in radio, you talked about the wall between sales and Huge programming. Wall. That yes. the sales team would sell advertising, and the programming team would fashion a show and never the twain no should influence. overlap. Okay. Yes. But as you say, it's not that clear cut. So let's talk about how you guys choose which brands you align with and choose what you're going to post. Is what goes out on your feed entirely your own personal opinion at all times or is there yes. a line no, where advertisers have paid for you to Definitely. tweet about or the thing is, Insta like, about them? As influencers, I think we're lucky because we build that trust with our followers you know so i don't i think that anything that we're promoting or endorsing it's something that we genuinely believe in yeah i think that's the difference between us and traditional media yeah you know for me personally i wouldn't promote something that i don't believe in and i think my followers know that mm-hmm. so whether i'm saying sponsored ad or not it's still something that i'm promoting that mm-hmm. i believe in you know for me I also find that myself and Nadia have been doing this for quite some time now and we've been, you know, doing it full time for a really long time. And I think our engagement and our followers, they, they're so engaged with us that we also had a point where we can pick and choose who we do and don't want to work with. I turn down opportunities that all was the one time of the because it's yeah. not Doesn't a good fit for me. Okay. Yeah. And I just feel, you know, I'm, I'm very honest in those instances and I'm also very fussy over the way 
um, that partnership goes and is portrayed on my platforms. You know, we have that full auto- autonomy. There's always going to be a brief involved. There's always going to maybe be a hashtag that goes with their campaign. But it always needs to benefit my follower. It always needs to be fitting. If I suddenly start talking about, you know, just because I'm looking at the window now, construction, they're going to mm-hmm. think, why, why? This is nothing this is to not do a brand with This doesn't yeah. help me. It's going to be insincere. Um, yeah, and like we were saying earlier, I've also seen where other media outlets have, you know, disguised what is clearly a paid ad mm. and they haven't drawn Declared attention it so, to it. Yeah. Because I once worked on a campaign and I just wanted that extra bit of research for it. So I went and I Googled it online and I saw on a new, a well-known news outlet, they basically copied and pasted the press release mm. that I was sent. So I know that it was, and it just mm. said, you know, staff writer. Which yes. is so shady, actually. And I see it happens all the time. I, I have the same response all the time. I open up the newspaper and frequently see that. And I go word for word. I know that that is a copy and paste out of the yeah. press release. What we're supposed to do yeah. is do our own research, extend it a little bit, quote them if necessary. Pick but out not the bits to, that are relevant yes. to your mm-hmm. particular That's readership. That's what we're trying yeah. to do. And try it yeah. out, of course. Mm. Try out this, yeah. the yeah. service of the product. Yeah. The thing is, if I'm being paid pr- to promote a certain shoe, I'm going to I'm going to post that post, post that I'm paid to post, paid post, and then I'm going to post beyond what I'm getting paid for because I genuinely mm-hmm. love the product. I'm not going to just post yeah. it once and then you're never going to hear from yeah. it again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Same. the difference because we actually do incorporate yeah. it into our lifestyles. So, for example, using Canal Walk as an example again, yeah. um, we do have certain deliverables we have to do every month as ambassadors for yeah. more. But just yesterday, my power was out because we were doing construction at my home, so I powered yeah, You can talk about mall. construction. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can, yeah. Um, so I basically was in the mall for like five hours and I was seeing really cute things and I was just sharing it in my stories and it wasn't paid for. And then I ended up going to the movies and all of these things were so unplanned and I just kept sharing it and that's just because that's where I hang out but it wasn't part of my deal it wasn't has it maybe got to do with the free cinema card they gave us yeah. <laughs> there is that honestly I'm, I'm, like I'm at the movies every single week like that's the best thing I'm like you don't even have to pay me just give me free parking and free movies then I'm happy yeah we have that <laughs> exactly but I was I was walking out and shopping and looking at things and I was like guys this is so cute you should get this oh my gosh guys come and look at this shoe you know look yeah. at this t-shirt and I didn't. I but didn't the point is, you wouldn't be doing that. it in another shopping center. <laughs> no, that is time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I'm not against doing something like that in another shopping center because, at the same time, while we are ambassadors for the mall, I'm still very real. You know, it's okay. the reality isn't that I don't go to another mall to go. Like I go to another mall to do my hair, for example, and I'm very <laughs> open about that. Okay. I was in another mall the other day, and someone came up to me, and they're like, "Nadia, aren't you supposed to be in Canal Walk?" <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they are my numero uno yeah. and my fave and always going to be my first choice just because there's such a huge selection. There's so much to do. It's, it's everything you we're can gonna to, We're going to have to yeah. get Canal Walk to give us some advertising spend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just interesting email in from a listener who I know is... Uh, involved in the food and hospitality industry saying yeah, the issue don't. of freebies is a really thorny subject for Cape Town restaurants and hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if you look at a lot of the pushback, she says that you see both locally and internationally, it is often around travel. food and hotels mm-hmm. and travel. And um, uh, one of the quest points she makes here is she said the issue of fake followers is a big deal mm-hmm. as well. I'm so glad you raised that. Thank you for sending that email because it is one of the questions we wanted to ask you about. Um, 
is it possible for you to buy followers or have oh, yeah. fake followers and oh, inflate yeah. your followers? And if so, how? But it's actually so detrimental to your brand and to your engagement. Your engagement is going to determine how much you can charge for posts. It's going to determine mm. um, just the, the rate at which your community also grows organically because you think, oh, if I just throw in a few extra bots over there, it's actually going to help me, but the, it's not. You know, there's also insights. So mm-hmm. if you really want to know if uh, if the following is real or not, then just ask for the insights. That will tell yeah. you everything. And sorry, so excuse for those I, I also over don't know what how that so works, please. Like analytics, people yeah. are lazy to do, you know, to do research. So they just mm-hmm. see someone with a big following and they think, okay, cool, let me just pay you to promote something, and it backfires. And actually, half of those are fake okay. profiles. Yeah. So if you click on, then how does it? How do you check the insights, and what will that tell you? I mean, it's it's. The insight shows you the engagement that you're getting, the mm-hmm. the organic engagement that you're getting, the reach that you're getting in which cities, countries. The shares, um, the saves as yeah. well. Okay, because a bot isn't going to, no, to, to do any of that. And and no. Yeah. A lot of the time, um, you'll actually get, I don't know about you, but I get so many of those emails. And it's like, hey, do you want to buy 10,000 oh, yeah. real followers? Yes, yeah. No yeah, such thing as well. buying real followers. No. <laughs> That's yeah. not a thing. There's literally, apparently, this is what I've heard, there are these, um, they call them follower farms. So people start oh, a, a, a place where you can <laughs> buy followers. And then they set up all these little men at computers and they just make all these fake profiles <sighs> and they engage. But that is the saddest thing I've heard for a very long yeah. time. There's also it's something. Crazy. Called engagement groups. Yeah. So people make engagement groups, yeah, and then when they those. post something, they'll send a message in the group and be like, "Yo, go post, go comment on my post," and then you'll get a flood of comments, and that actually boosts your engagement. Yeah. So if I was watching you, I mean, you you, you arrived, you were taking the selfies, that's what you do, and posting whatever, <laughs> and we were saying photos, and you were both head down on the phone, and I, and I get accused of that a lot. But do you? Is there a sense of you know, if it's not documented on one of your platforms on Insta or your Facebook or whatever, did it actually happen at all? Do you have this compulsive inbuilt desire to document everything? Yes and no for mm. me. I think I, I think I maybe went through more of a dedicated phase in that sense, but I'm sometimes actually so bad. Like you just won't see me on stories or you just won't see me. Well, I'm just sharing my cat because I just don't feel like sharing my own face. So you don't, so. you do get sick of it. That <laughs> no, constant not, need to. It's not so much sick of it. It's just, um, I'm just also at a point in my life where I do want to be more present. And I think that it is possible to be present and to still create really great content and share informative information okay. with my followers. Like I don't have to, you know, share every single meal and every single outfit for them to feel connected to me or for me to feel connected to them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's not always perfect. Avo on toast three no. times a day, no. <laughs> framed with no, 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 no. good lighting. It's <laughs> kind of reassuring. So a question or a comment on our WhatsApp line that maybe you want to respond to. The comment is: I think a large portion of this influencer game is not very truthful or ethical. Many people buy items and post them like they've received it from a brand for promotion. <laughs> I can. I have an answer. For okay, that. Nadia. So <laughs> the thing. Is, <laughs> I did the same thing. Okay, so when you're starting out, it's very difficult to get brands to um, send you stuff or to work with you. So what people do is that they'll buy something or they will... They'll do a review on it and maybe people will think that they're getting paid to do it, but yeah, they're just doing that. it. It's called yeah. fishing. Okay. We call it fishing. Yes. Uh, fishing has another well, meaning no, for me. So but fishing okay. basically. Yes. So if you want to work with, with, if you want to work with a certain brand, right? <laughs> I don't know this one. So if you, so, so say if you want to work with Canal Walk, right? Yeah. Then they'll go to Canal Walk. 
they'll post a picture and they'll tag Canal. Like, oh, um, thanks to yeah, thanks Canal yeah. for always taking care of me. Oh, wow. But Canal knows nothing about it. But yeah. then Canal might see it and might take an interest in them after seeing that post. Mm. You know, so it's just uh, it's, it's cool. So it actually works both sad. ways. Then, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. So it can it can actually achieve the desired effect if you start off fake it until you make it kind yeah, of yeah. thing. You know, because in the beginning as well, if you're getting sent press drops and you're not getting paid to review them, then you'll review them anyway, just so that you can maybe yeah. get sent more or get paid in the future because brands start yeah. to see, you know, what you can do. I think also the same way you get, you know, good people and bad people or in the middle people, it's the same with influencer marketing. I think that people sometimes do feel betrayed because they, you know, they may be in the beginning, they do get developed that trust with you and then sometimes an ad may feel a bit offside or mm. you may have a bad experience with a product that I may be recommended for example and then it seems like there's this distrust or like you will do anything for money and I think that's where the important thing that you have to do is just to be sincere, be authentic and try out the products before you share them. Don't just like, you know, accept any job yeah. and then just put it out there. Because at the end of the day, if something doesn't work and it does come back to you, that is super embarrassing. So I've never, ever had somebody come to me and say, oh my gosh, I bought this mascara that you said I must get. And, and it's you, you that I've bought the mascara that. and making the mascara in the factory. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I also think to myself, when I do an honest review, say on makeup, I'm, I never bash things also. I'll never say, please don't get this lipstick. Rather it just don't talk about it. Not, in, not actually that. I will say, you know what? Here's a matte lipstick. I prefer glasses normally. I'll say, you know what? You will like it if you like this, this, and this. Mm. You won't like it if you prefer a gloss, if you prefer something a bit more creamy, because people have got different people tastes have different and different requirements. Yeah. So I'd just rather give them both ends of the coin, and that's my experience, and you make your informed decision. Yeah. But you've got to the point where if that person doesn't want to work with you again, it's no biggie. For someone starting out, the temptation to just love everything, whether it's must a fit for them, yeah. must be huge. And that, mm. I think, is where a lot of the criticism comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think it, is, it is difficult when you're starting out in the industry, especially, you know, because it's, it's progressed so much, it's difficult mm. to get seen and get heard by brands. Mm. Okay. I think I was quite lucky because I started mostly talking about fashion and fashion it's it's there you know you don't need a review on something mm. and at the same time I did a course in makeup so I'm actually a qualified makeup mm. artist even though I don't work as one anymore and I was actually too scared to work with beauty brands before that because I felt like oh I need to know what I'm talking about mm. and the then imposter <laughs> yeah we and all I have think, imposter syndrome of some kind and then I think by that time I did have that that privilege of knowing what I was talking about, but at the same time, I, I had enough fashion things to kind of keep me going. So I don't have to mm -hmm. worry about brand being bad or not. So just an interesting one sort of about you know, moving people from, from decision-making through decision-making processes. Ishmael commenting on the WhatsApp that I very seldom buy anything unless I have read ordinary people's opinions. Mm. Well, I don't believe influencers because <gasps> I think over time they become captured and uh, mm -hmm. I believe influencers uh, need to be upfront about their remuneration. Mm. I'm always upfront though. Yeah. I actually remember a funny story. <laughs> do, you remember, do you know a story I'm going to tell you? A couple of years ago, um, people were 
having this exact, you know, sort of commentary. Mm-hmm. And I had read um, internationally for a while now the, I can't remember what the name of the organization was, but it's also like the ag- advertising regulatory board in Europe and the US also started saying that influencers have to declare their work with the hashtag ad. And then there was kind of this vague general consensus that you should do it here, but not everyone was doing it even up until recently. So for years I've been writing ad or sponsored or, you know, if there's a designated Hashtag. Anyways, so I spoke about her on my stories one day, and then Nadia <laughs> messages me frantically, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, I haven't been I saying that." I'm gonna get locked up the way she was talking to us. Is somebody gonna come and take me away? And I was like, "It's fine. <laughs> as long as you're not like you know really trying to make it seem like you bought this product, and you know if you are clear about the fact that this is a paid ad in some way or other, generally at the time, it was fine. It's just yeah. a catch." 22 because as soon yeah. as people see that you're getting paid they automatically don't trust your yeah. opinion yeah you know so here's a question you you said not a you wanted to, uh, sorry like you said you wanted to your, your aim was to be a beauty a fashion editor mm-hmm. and and ultimately editor of a, of a magazine i've spent some time working in a woman's magazine um and got to see how that kind of stuff works yeah, not I was an intern as, as, an, as well okay <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a consumer writer not as a mm-hmm. fashion or beauty writer do you feel that there, what is put out in the women's magazines has more credibility than what you do, or is it the same? Is it any different? Is it any is different? It any different? I think it is different for sure because, like we were saying, in some instances they don't declare if there's a paid advertorial, number one. And number two, I think that influencer content is a lot more tailored. So, for example women who of color someone might say you know what i want to see how this foundation works on black skin is it going to mm. make me look ashy i can't share that a magazine can't necessarily share that whereas you've got an influencer who's got like a really cool youtube channel she can try that out i can see how it looks on her skin maybe with the same shade and that's going to help me because i can see the whole thing mm. so a magazine is just going to say oh you know this brand just has this new foundation because mm. they and, got sent and it. this oh. is the price that's it that's okay. what they're going to tell you well, this is the train, but that's it. So, so when you're my age, do you see yourself still doing what you're doing? Is it go- because there are no older mm-hmm. bloggers? That I, I'm never going to say it's never. a young yeah. thing. Well, it's funny you say that because Phil's just written in saying, well, who are these people? I've never heard of them and who do they actually influence? But Phil, I'm guessing, is not the target market exactly. of your blog. No. You're not our target market, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting. I don't know how much matte lipstick he wears. It's, but <laughs> it's, it's, um, it is also interesting because I think a lot of people listening um, may be a little older and maybe haven't embraced the whole influence of the, the concept, trend yeah. and the concept and what mm. it's about and keep hearing about it and they're not quite sure. Mm-hmm. So, so my question is, I mean, there, there is one woman that I, um, she, only because um, a lot of media live on Twitter, right? So she's also copies from Insta to Twitter. So I became aware of her and I like to work. And so I, you know, I've, I've, I've tried out stuff that she's recommending or whatever, mm-hmm. but she also posts negative stuff. And that's where my trust factor came mm-hmm. in. She said, don't, this is too expensive. This is the same thing, but cheaper and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But she's, I mean, she's mid thirties. She's still a lot younger than I am. So mm-hmm. we're, um, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking maybe this is too late for me to to make a switch. But, I mean, this is – it seems to me um, that if, if if older folk embraced it and then did it with integrity mm-hmm. and, you know – Why not? I think why not? Why, 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 why are they waiting for? Frightened of the platform? It's not strictly – 
only for the millennials or for the yeah. younger generation. But, it's, but it's, it is that now until, I mean, you guys are, are not going to stop doing it when you're in your 30s and 40s, I would oh, imagine. No, not um, me. <laughs> you, know, you know what I always say? I say I'm not going to be posting my outfits when I'm 40. But then if I think about it, I follow people on Instagram who are older and I can kind of see that, you know, they'll share these things. And, and I actually don't mind it. I actually like it. There's this amazing woman. I don't know if you actually met her when we were away two weeks ago. Um, her name is Yasmin Fermi. She okay. is um, the most stylish person on my mm. Instagram. And she's like got two grown kids her son goes with her to fashion week and he must be like 20 years old already and she has the coolest style you will you ever well, can see I and say, i always say you know yeah. she's my goals when yeah, I'm yeah. Well, can i say as she's a consumer as that well. i would love to have a, mm-hmm. a 40 something year old yeah. uh, style icon to be I, able to follow yes. because as a fashion yeah. clueless yeah. 40 year old or so everything's I, aimed I at the help. younger <laughs> yes. because i um, share a lot of modest fashion as well i have mm. followers who are in their 40s and um, they actually, you know, they will dear me and they will ask me for all this advice. They'll ask me about what lipstick should I wear and do you think this is too young for me? So I definitely, these, of course, there's a market. Women never stop wanting to feel beautiful. Yeah. And mm. that's why I say I can't see myself doing exactly what I'm doing now in 10, 20 years' time. But I can still see myself doing whatever it develops into. I can see parenting blogging. There oh, is no. mommy. There are, there are mommy bloggers yeah. and mommy Lots. influencers yes. that's making like you know, the fact that they have kids like mm-hmm. they're embracing it and they're not like it's not letting them, slowing them down. Yeah, you know I think that's quite well. Cool. I think like, also there are a lot of um, potential clients out there. A lot of you know it's mm-hmm. such a huge industry. So this is a big source of income to put it yeah, bluntly. Yeah, exactly. If you're doing it right. I wouldn't go so straight wide. into mommy blogging though because I feel like that's something that I first would need to read a lot of mommy blogs <laughs> before I can talk about it. I don't know like Rushtush for example, yeah. like she's amazing. Oh she's a good you know she yeah. has a fitness line. She she just had a kid now. She has her own um uh diet yeah, she's got a lot of diet plans. I'm actually yeah. on the one today. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah, thinking granny um, blogs yeah. might be a thing for me. It totally can be. It totally can be because, you know what, as long as you are alive, you're going to have needs and you're going to need people to talk about those needs. And um, something I wanted to also say, though, about the advertising and the working with brands part of things is that a lot of people also don't realize that any form of media it is um, almost contractual or, you know, there's an exchange. And if you enjoy the organic content that any media publication, whether it's radio, TV, magazine, an influencer, there's always going to be advertising involved if you want to keep seeing that content that helps you. And I think it's up to that outlet itself to make sure that they are, you know, sharing ads that are relevant to you that may still be of interest to you and so that it's not so annoying but at the end of the day you can't expect people to just keep putting stuff online for free for free for free and Mm. you get all of this help and that person gets nothing like you know they can't just live off views basically Mm -hmm. yeah this is the problem that traditional print media is sitting with oh, now. Everybody wants to read quality mm-hmm. journalism, but they don't want to pay for it. But that's the subject for another for day. For another day's conversation. <laughs> we do have to wrap this one up. I want to thank you both for being so generous with your mm-hmm. time today. We did not pay them to come into we studio. We did not pay <laughs> them to come into studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for saying that. Okay. Um, uh, you've been listening uh, to and full. Go and look them up. You might find a great lipstick recommendation. Uh, you've been listening to uh, influencers Akila Haran Ali and Nadia Jaffa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great to have you on the show. And Wendy Nola, always good to have you with us. Thanks for, Thanks for having us.